Hey friend, you can support this podcast by subscribing on your preferred platform. You can rate and review and leave a five-star rating on Apple iTunes. You can also share episodes on your Instagram or Facebook handles and tag Infertility and Me Podcast. And you can also follow Infertility and Me Podcast on Instagram at Infertility and Me Podcast. Thank you, friend. Peace and blessings. Have you been searching for a community that gets it? Join me, your host, Monique, as we get real about the emotional, physical, mental, and spiritual effects infertility has on its victims. Let's connect and heal together. I am one in eight, too. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in to Infertility in Me. If this is your first time listening, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much, friend, for letting me be a part of your day, or every Friday, I should say, week after week, going strong. Thank you so much, you guys. Keep me freaking going. You have no idea. And you guys already know that here at Infertility in Me podcast, it's all about healing together and trying to stay then as bleep during your fertility journey and or path to parenthood. And before we get started, today's episode is sponsored by betterhelp.com. You heard that right. That's betterhelp.com forward slash Monique. You can tap the link in today's show notes and begin your free trial to living a healthier mental health journey. BetterHelp will help you to assess all of your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. It is not a crisis line. It is not a self-help service. It is a professional counseling service done securely online. You guys know that I'm a huge, huge advocate for mental health and getting therapy and or following a coach um, to help you along your mental health journey. I have used myself BetterHelp before, and I find it to be very user-friendly and easy to get matched with my ideal licensed therapist. The service is available worldwide, and it can be used at your own convenience, and it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today, friend. Tap the link in today's show notes so that you may find your own licensed therapist with their platform. Today's guest is Monica Friedman, and she is a German native, but more known as a global citizen at heart. After getting her master's degree and working in business for 15 years in the corporate sales and marketing world, she decided to reorient her life to what mattered to her the most and become a coach for fertility and pre and postnatal care. She is also a certified yoga teacher. She teaches hypnobirthing, postnatal yoga, baby yoga, massage, and kids yoga as well. And we'll be back in just a moment with Monica Friedman. We have a ton to talk about and some specific questions and or topics that you guys wanted her to speak about when I did the question and poll on Instagram probably like a couple of weeks ago. And so we'll be discussing all of those things with her today and get some more clarity and hopefully be able to get some actionable steps that we can use today to help us along our journeys and to continue to stay zen as fuck here on Infertility and Me podcast. And, 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 do not forget to grab your 
copy of an MP3 guided meditation download that I created for you guys. It's called The Silent Sufferer. And it is to help you to reconnect with self-love and self-confidence. And so tap in today's show notes as well and get your free download of the guided meditation that I have created for you guys. It is free. It does not cost anything. And you can, when you tap on it, it'll take you right to it on my website and you'll be able to download it to your laptop and or your iPhone or Android device. It is in an MP3 download format. And so then you can be able to save it into a file on your phone and reuse it over and over and over again. Do that friend for yourself. Download that meditation for yourself. Get connected and stay plugged in. We'll be back in just a moment with Monica. Alrighty guys, so I'm back with Monica and she is going to talk to us today. We have so much to talk to talk about um, in relation to family building and our emotional states and how to handle different types of paths to parenthood. Um, one of those things being in adoption, equality and things like that have been on a lot of people's minds um, a lot lately. And thank you guys for giving me your input in the poll that we did about a couple of weeks ago, maybe three to four weeks ago when I told you guys that Monica was going to be coming on. So thank you, Monica, so much for taking time out of your busy, busy day to uh, chat with us on the pod today. Thank you so much, Monique, for having me. This is such an honor. And I love that we uh, share the same name almost. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to thank you for all the amazing work you're doing for the community. And um, we just need people like you. We need people who speak up and we need people who make this a bit more fun. It's such a serious topic, right? Yeah, so, yeah it keep is. it going. Yes, thank you so much, Monica. And I know that you have such a, a huge impact on all of your clients that you care for. And you guys, I already gave you an intro to Monica. She is a former corporate marketing, what was it, an advisor, right, Monica? I was in sales and marketing, sales but and marketing, basically, yeah. and you have an MBA board, and everything. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. I've got my MBA and all of that. That's, you know, my past life, and that was yeah. good. Um, yeah. But now I really turned my own experience with infertility um, into my profession and I made it my mission to just help women who are similar or who were in that similar stage that I was five, six years ago to get through this a bit easier with more grace, with more tools, with more dignity, with more kindness, mm -hmm. just with so much more knowledge. Yeah, that's, that's what I do. I help women get pregnant. Thank you, Monica, um, for, for reiterating those things that uh, have drawn you to the passion yeah. of the fertility space. And that's what I was going to ask you anyway, to speak briefly about your journey sure. with fertility, and then we'll go into more about how you transitioned out of marketing and using sure. your MBA in that way. Sure. I was 29 years old when I started um, to, you know, to try and I thought, oh, great, I'm ahead of the curve. I'm young, I'm healthy, I'm fit got all the right things going for me. And boom, no, I was told I have the egg reserve of a 44 year old. I'm premenopausal. And uh, I should do egg donation, donor eggs. And it's like, are you kidding me? Wow. I want my own biological children. I want a four. I, I want my own child. Yeah, yeah. And um, I then did everything under the sun to you know, improve my fertility to see what can be done. And, you know, it takes a long time to actually figure out what's going on. Um, I did. So 
long story short, I did four rounds of IVF. Mm -hmm. I had one miscarriage. I did 12 rounds of ovulation induction. And um, yeah, I ended up having my beautiful rainbow baby. She's now 18 months. And I'm just so incredibly grateful for her, but also I'm grateful I did not give up. I took the doctor's advice. I took it on, but I said, you know what? I'm going to create my own truth. I'm going to create my own destiny here. And that's when I really came up with a holistic approach. And I'll talk more about later, but about it's all about mindset lifestyle and fertility tactics. And I realized, okay, I can't just do Western medicine. I need to include Eastern medicine as well, which means, you know, relaxing and lowering your cortisol levels and all of that. But also I need to really be looking at my lifestyle. So I changed these three things and they made a huge difference for me. Um, And then I still needed IVF and I probably will for the next one as well. And that's okay. And yeah, so that's what I teach to my clients. I have this method and it seems to be working, not just for me, but for, for my clients as well. And that's amazing. That's the best feeling in the world. When some of my clients text me and say, I had, you know, I had such better blood results or, you know, I finally fell pregnant or I I just feel so much better emotionally. Um, Those things really do make my day. Yeah. Yeah. I can only imagine how gratifying that can be and reassuring and validating and because you've come out of a corporate world, a very analytical world. And so did you find your transition harder or was it, or I'll I'll say this because of your journey with fertility struggles Mm -hmm. and going through IVF, did you, because I would assume working in that world, you have to have some type of a type personality, right? You have a lot of that going on, especially as male dominated, right? Yeah. Did you find that after your journey connected more with your divine feminine energy and using these practices that you have developed for your clients? I love that you use divine feminine energy because that's a, <laughs> it's like a buzzword these days. I need to look into that more. It was just so simple. I, you know, once you have your child, as you probably know, and you want to eat when you worked so hard for it and you waited for so long, you don't want to be away from that child all that much. And it's that time is so precious. So I thought to myself, okay, I do not want to go back to the corporate world, spending 60 hours working, flying around the world. Thanks COVID. Anyway, I thought, how can I make that deep, deep desire within me to help other women to walk this path a little bit more, you know, gracefully, how can I turn that into something that worked for me and my lifestyle and, you know, being, becoming a fertility coach was, it didn't take me long to decide that. And, you know, it shows that it's really needed out there. So a fertility coach is often someone who bridges the gap between the patient and the clinic or between the patient and the big unknown, because sometimes we don't know what we're going to do. Right. Um, So I really help women to just find out their options and be educated. Um, Knowledge is power. I keep saying that over and over um, the doctor's truth may not be your truth. Um, doctors sometimes have different agendas, not bad ones, just different ones. And there's so much that we can learn about ourselves and become stronger as per as, you know, as a person, as a human being in that process. Um, so yeah, there's, 
so much to learn, so much self-improvement we can do that's fertility related and not fertility related. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. And is there any a time when you are speaking with your clients, somebody who's new and mm-hmm. maybe they've been on the road for a little while or something mm-hmm. like that, yeah. you know, in the midst of them and thick of it, do you find that when they come to you that they have these uh, preconceived notions or misconceptions about incorporating a more holistic lifestyle, especially with mindset? Because I think a lot of people just don't believe that it works. I do. Um, it really depends on the person that I'm talking to. Yeah. Some are very open to it and they come to me because of that and they just want to get better at it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that, it's it's always something that I do suggest. Um, I, I, I hate the notion of thinking, oh, if you just relax, you'll fall pregnant. Because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's, as you and I know, it's simply not true. There right. might be medical conditions. I have low AMH, which means I have very few eggs left. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I don't ovulate. Mm-hmm. So some of these things may not just be remedied by, you know, chilling out. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's important to know. However, I, I'm a strong believer and, and I've got a yoga background. I'm a yoga instructor as well. So um, I'm all into this. So lowering your cortisol levels through any kind of mind body practice that could be just going for a walk, that could be breathing, that could be visualization, that could be fertility, or that could be anything that works for you personally um, can help lower that cortisol. And in turn, that cortisol is less so robbing your reproductive hormones of doing their job. Mm-hmm. So we know that progesterone, LH, which is needed for the surge for ovulation, um, can really be impacted by a spike in cortisol. Mm-hmm. And there's research out there. Um, there's one piece of research that I just love and that I base my work on. It's um, from Alice Domar. And it's how if you practice mind-body connection towards um, consistently not just once but you know consistently over two three weeks at least before your ivf cycle your ivf success chances can increase by 52 percent i mean that's Mm -hmm. mind-blowing right Mm -hmm. we spend so much money on ivf we might as well Mm -hmm. throw everything at it and you know what the great thing is you'll keep those tools for life yeah those tools are yours for the rest of your life because guess what infertility is not the only thing that will happen to you There'll be other things. There'll be, you know, fights with your husband, issues with your kids, because uh, you'll have many. Mm-hmm. Um, there'll be, you know, health issues. There'll be stuff at, you know, at your workplace. There, there's family stuff. There's so much going on in your life. So I know infertility is a tough one. It's, it can be a really tough, or it is probably, it was the worst phase in my life. But what I took from it is something I don't want to miss. Mm-hmm. what do you think what do you what are your thoughts about the whole mindset and just relax it worked for me and it did it worked for me I'll say oh. that it, it worked for me and during the because there was a four-year wait between initial diagnosis and actually going through with IVF because my husband and I weren't ready to do IVF emotionally right. and mentally right so we took a four-year break after we had an unsuccessful IUI and before we had even gotten the diagnosis initially, I had started, that's when I started practicing meditation mm-hmm. and mindfulness. 
and I was already doing it. So I was like up in my game after I got that diagnosis, of course. And then, so by the time that I did go back to my RE in 2016, that summer, I was, I was so much more at peace mm-hmm. and I was very relaxed around the time that we did our, our um, IVF cycle in the late summer of 2016. And I was a little pissed off at first when I got the hypothyroidism, you know, diagnosis, but I was, you know, it could have been, I still could have had a right tubal blockage, you know, which was my original diagnosis. So it worked for me and it's not, for me, it wasn't about relaxing for me. It was just about being present and it is impossible. And uh, it's taught a lot in mindfulness and meditation, you know, whether you take an online course or whether you study like yourself, it's, it's not about relaxation. It's about, a lot of it is just about being uh, grateful and being present. And and when you're in a space of true gratitude, it's impossible to feel negative about anything else. Mm -hmm. And I can say that because I felt it. And so your anxiety goes down when you're in a state of gratitude on all the problems that seem massive, you know, are greatly reduced. And, and when you practice mindfulness on a daily basis, you know, it's, it's to the point now, uh, I, I don't get out of the bed without saying I'm grateful for whatever, you know, at least getting out of bed. And then I find it throughout the day, you know, I've done it so for so long that it's easy for me to, to stay in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a place of gratitude, but it takes a lot of, um, it takes a lot of work in the beginning. And unfortunately, That's it's just, I have to say, I just want to add the mindset part is just one part. It's not everything. Again, if you have blocked tubes, you can't relax or you can't be as mindful and, you know, wish those blocked tubes away. That's where you need the Western medicine. And that's where you need that integrated holistic approach. Um, one thing I, I really want to get across today is uh, what you can do to improve your egg health, um, because that's key for everyone trying to conceive if they can try to conceive naturally or through um, IVF or IUA or whatever sperm and egg quality is really what it boils down to and even if you're a bit older let's say if you're approaching 40 that's usually when we start to think about a more strategic approach Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like 35 is the magic number. It's not true. Chronological age um, does not equal biological age. So there's mm-hmm. a lot we can do around egg health well into our 40s. You know, clients or, you know, women overall, they get pregnant well into their 40s. However, it just needs a bit more of a, a, a strategic approach towards egg health. And there's three things that you can do. Um, First is definitely diet. So try to decrease your, your trans fats and your, your refined sugar. That's a no brainer. Drink lots of water um, to detox. That's a no brainer as well. But it's really about your food that you eat on a daily basis. Are you feeding your egg cells with the right nutrients? Um, So we want lots of vitamin C, lots of antioxidants. We want a Mediterranean diet. We want lots of protein. Um, so up to 80 grams of protein a day, um, mm-hmm. we want, you know, lots of fruit, vegetables, all of that. Um, and talking about supplements, the number one supplement I recommend to my clients is CoQ10. Everyone mm-hmm. should be taking CoQ10, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Everyone who's trying to conceive and get your husbands to take it as well. Yeah. Um, Cause CoQ10 is such a, such a potent antioxidant. 
And it's really about the mitochondrial function of the cell, which is the powerhouse that, that, that creates energy for growth, maintenance. And also the mitochondrial function is all about, are those cells splitting evenly? Mm. And because again, we want the right set of chromosomes, the right number of chromosomes in place for that egg to be healthy. So CoQ10, vitamin C, a good prenatal with folate, methylfolate um, mm. instead of folic acid. It, the body can just absorb it better. Um, you know, vitamin E, zinc, all of that. And yeah, just, just um, be mindful of your antioxidants that you do take in. Um, and that can be through foods as well, you know, anything yeah. from broccoli, spinach to berries. Um, the second one, the second lifestyle factor is exercise. Um, I was, I was a health nut myself. I was, you know, hitting the gym five times a week and yeah. running marathons and everything and thinking my six pack would be, you know, yeah, pushing all the limits, <laughs> you know yeah. what workout? Like if you were pregnant already, that doesn't mean that you can't work out. It just means do a bit more low intensity stuff. So yoga, walking, biking, you can run once a week. That's absolutely fine. Pilates, uh, maybe instead of heavy weights, just body weight. Um, because at the end of the day, we want to let our hypothalamus, that, that area in the brain know that it's safe to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. If our body's under stress, so either, you know, environmental stress or, you know, lifestyle stress or any kind of emotional stress, our body can just basically retreat and say, nah, it's not safe to get pregnant right now. Mm. I may not be sending the right hormones along the way to the ovaries. Yeah. So again, that's where cortisol can really impact or mess with your reproductive hormones because cortisol will always prevail because at the end of the day, we're still cave women. We're still mm -hmm. trying to survive. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't serve us in today's world because we are safe but our body still thinks like that. So again, exercise, do what feels good and maybe err on the side of caution and do that a little bit less. Yeah. However, exercise is really important because also that way we can strengthen our mitochondrial function um, through endurance and strength training. We okay. can again, increase our egg health. Um, and then the third one is really environmental toxins. Um, it's kind of a buzzword as well right now, mm -hmm. but it's so important. Um, BPA, bisphenol, uh, phthalates, um, heavy metals, anything, anything that you find in plastic, anything that you find, you know, aluminum foil, all of these things. Mm -hmm. Try to avoid plastic where you can. Um, check what you're again what you're eating is it pesticide free can you make sure you eat organic i know it's a bit more expensive but it's worth it whatever you're feeding your body the body will happily accept that um let's see what else your pots and pans um are they bpa free your cosmetics your household products your your beauty care all of that um, there is a strong link between those endocrine disruptors okay. um, found in those chemicals that can actually mess with your egg health. So mm -hmm. for example, uh, in BPA, um, there are hormones that are mimicking estrogen. If they're mimicking them, that means those cells don't understand that this is a false 
type of estrogen. And so the follicles may not be growing as fast as they should. It could delay ovulation. Mm. It could, um, you know, it could make you not ovulate at all. It could delay the, the growth of your follicles. There's a whole bunch of things that endocrine disruptors can do. And there's tons of research um, backing that up. So wherever you can, I'm not saying throw out everything, you know, buy new products right away, but just make one small step, make one small change every day. Like, okay, maybe as of tomorrow, I will drink out of my, you know, out of a glass bottle instead of a, a plastic bottle. Right, right. Your body will be so thankful. And um, yeah, those are the three big lifestyle things you can do to improve your egg health. And again, antioxidants and you know, a good diet and avoiding toxins wherever you can yeah. will go a long way, both for female and male, um, you know, cell health. Yeah. Yeah. If we can just get those men on board with all this, you know, I know. So I how do you, so how, what's your, what's your uh, number one trick to get him on board? There is no trick because we are two type A people <laughs> and stubborn, you know what I mean? So, right. And it's just the, it's trying to get consistency out of uh, your partner. If they're male, it's very difficult trying to get through that male, that male ego wall and, and reiterate the importance of some of those lifestyle changes, because trust me, there's, there's some things I wish I could get my husband to do just like that. You know what I mean? Even though he doesn't have a diagnosis and doesn't have issues with his sperm quality and such like that. But you know, in my mind, I feel like any little bit helps. So if they're just a little bit stronger, you know, <laughs> it's like no matter what I've gone through with infertility, I always have, I still have that hope that maybe it could try that. It can happen naturally, you know, for this time. It can. You know what I mean? So it's just, I have no advice. I'm so sorry, you guys, to help get your man <laughs> on board if you're, if you're in a heterosexual relationship. I have none. I have none. I, you know, but no, I do. I take that back. I lied. I do. I lead by example. And that's the way I've always been with yeah. anything I do, not just my relationship with my husband. I just lead by example. Yeah. And that's, that's been, that works for him for you. So if you have a type A man like me, just lead by example. He'll watch you for a little while and he'll try it for himself and he'll get it together. Eventually. <laughs> that's my number one thing because I don't, I don't like doing the, the bashing or the nagging right. or anything along those lines. That's just not me. That's not who I am innately so i don't do anything like that so yeah if you're in a Here's, relationship lead by example i don't know monica maybe you have something. i love that no i love leading by <laughs> example that's such a good reminder thank you i feel like i'm always the nagging one uh my advice is pick your battles yeah, yeah. don't nag all the time maybe just pick one thing that you feel really strongly about that your husband should or should not do um for example if your husband has, I don't know, low motility, then maybe just ask him not to go to the sauna. You know, that's the one yeah. key thing that he maybe should not do. My husband used to drink four to five coffees a day. Mm. I never touched his coffee because I thought if I do that, then we might as well call it quits. Yeah. Um, so I focus on other things, you know? Okay. Um, so it's really... And that's, again, it's a whole, it's a holistic approach. It's yeah. not just 
lifestyle. It's also your relationships. Um, the number one issue or let's say concern that my clients come to me with is how do I get my partner on board and how do I, how do I save my relationships with my husband, with my friends, with my family, with my coworkers? So um, I've got tons of advice, but that's for another day. Um, but there's so much we can do to just be a good person, you know, be kind, be kind to ourselves, be kind to other people. Because again, I don't know how you were back then while you were going through infertility stuff, but it brought out the worst in me. I was not a nice person always. Mm-hmm. Very, and, I was very bitter. So I, I definitely yeah. resonate with that. Yeah. 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 I was very biz- bitter and the other thing um, was embarrassed. Mm. It was like so embarrassing for me. And it wasn't even like embarrassment outside of the house. It was really embarrassment with my man more mm-hmm. than anybody mm-hmm. because I didn't, I didn't really care what anybody else thought. Well, I did, but you know what I mean? I wasn't sharing it. So it wasn't like I had people, you know, bashing my door down, trying to figure out what's going on in the next steps or anything like that, because I wasn't even telling anybody. So right. I was like embarrassed. I'm like, this is some bull crap. This is bull. This is bull. I spent my younger years not getting pregnant. Now that I want to get pregnant, you know, it's not happening. It is not happening. That's the universe for you. But again, we can turn things around and you did. I did. And I think just us showing up in this community, um, I, I just want to give hope. I really do want to give hope. Um, there's so much that we can do. There's also, yes, I, I always look at this 50% of this whole, whole fertility game is luck or universe or faith or whatever, you know, you name it. Yeah. And 50% is your homework. How much do you do? How much do you bring to the table? Yeah. Um, and you need both, but mm-hmm. there's definitely, there's definitely, it's worth waiting. It's worth doing everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With your, with your clients and helping them navigate the expectations of their outcomes. And I think another misconception is that because we do pay all this money for IVF, Mm-hmm. That uh, you know, it's a surefire way. Of, you know, to the people on the outside, to the fer- to the fertile yeah. people, it seems that way. So, is there any way to alleviate some of that extra pressure that we put on ourselves for the expectation of of and, IVF? Yeah, yeah, well, and, yeah. and and just uh, it's almost like you have to surrender to maybe it's not going to work. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I always look at it that way. IVF has success chances, success chances of five to 50%. It really depends on your individual condition and your partners. Um, I went into IVF with 4% chance. Mm. Um, And again, but let's take on average, IVF has a a success rate of about 20 to 30%. That's not a lot. That's really not a lot. So if you want to do some math, then basically you need more than one round to, you need almost two to three rounds to really figure out, is this for me or not? So Mm -hmm. when my clients go into their first IVF cycle, 
I, again, I, I actually work with the concept of surrendering, just okay. surrendering to the process. And while still knowing you're doing the best you can at this given moment. And when you know better, you'll do better. But right now you've, this is all the information you've got. And then see this first round of IVF cycle almost as a, a test, an experiment, because mm-hmm. you will know so much more about your body after that cycle. How well did you respond? How yeah. well did you take yeah. the, that medication? Um, how, how many got fertilized? How many did you transfer? Um, did you get pregnant at all? Uh, is there maybe an issue with implantation? So there's so much data. See it as a data finding mission more than anything. If you get pregnant on the first try, amazing. But for people, you know, with different conditions, for example, with low AMH or low responders like I am, it took me four rounds. Mm-hmm. It took mm-hmm. me four rounds. And if someone had told me before, Monica, this is going to take at least three to five rounds, I would have been in a different headspace. But because I thought, oh, IVF, you know, this is going to be my, my healing. Uh, no, it yeah. wasn't. And that's where, why the fall was so deep, because I had really unrealistic expectations yeah but um yeah i think we all do it's gonna be tough yeah Yeah, i think we all do and one more question for have you experienced a client who has done more than four rounds you know somebody who has been on the journey for not like me who took a four-year break but somebody who's been on it continue plus years and have done yeah. Five, six, seven or more. Oh my gosh. Rounds. And how do you, I, sometimes I talk about having an, an, an enough plan where I feel where you get to the point where you're like enough is enough. Yeah. How do you help people navigate that? I call it my plan B approach. Uh, plan A is getting pregnant with your own eggs, yeah. uh, whichever way possible. One of my pre, you know, older clients, she has, she, when she came to me, she had done nine rounds mm. and um, it didn't work for her. So we looked at a plan B and that plan B was egg donation or surrogacy. And mm-hmm. it's not, is it what she wanted? No. Was it better than not having a child? Yes. Mm-hmm. So the plan B, I, I completely understand it's, it can be really painful and it takes a long time to get to that plan B, but yeah. the plan B is a wonderful plan in itself because again, becoming a mother is, is such a fulfilling role in your life it's it's like a calling and if you want to continue or if you want to pursue that calling then the plan b can actually work out pretty amazingly yeah Um, and it worked for her and she said i wish i wish i had gone there sooner i Mm -hmm. wish i had had someone to help me get to that plan b sooner you know we all we're all we're we're almost we're always wiser in hindsight i get that um but i just want to highlight some of the decisions you don't have to do alone. You don't have to decide on your own. Um, infertility can feel so lonely and can feel so isolating. It doesn't have to be because look at you and I, mm-hmm. you know, we're part of this wonderful community that is there to support you. And 
if you just, and you can choose your level of support. You can just listen to your podcast, right? You can just scroll through Instagram. You can join a Facebook group. You can work with someone like me. You can, you know, become part of a bigger, more, um, uh, more present group. You can, you can choose your level of commitment just know at the end of the day, you're not alone in this. There are so many women out there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. And I, I like what you said too, about the plan B options. Um, if somebody's considering that, I've, I have seen a lot more of that lately. Women in con- couples mm-hmm. considering the embryo adoption route. Um, yeah. It's coming up a lot this fall. Yeah. It's coming up a lot. I'm, I'm seeing it a lot from, from women that I follow and that follow me and stuff. And yeah, and- so- one other point I wanted to make about egg donation, embryo donation, all of that is um, egg donation has success chances of about 70% right. across the board. Um, so if you take an egg of a 20-year-old and you implant it in a 30 or 45-year-old, the chances are pretty consistent across the board. And there's amazing research, again, I'm a numbers girl, but amazing research that says that if you carry that donated egg or embryo through your placenta, through your blood flow, you're still crossing over DNA. Mm-hmm. So that baby will still be part yours because of that crossover of DNA, those nutrients, all of that, mm-hmm. you're, you're nourishing that baby. So your blood is given the supply. Yes. It's, I think it, um, I believe it's called epigenetics. Yes. It's epigenetics are crossing over. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so comforting. It's, I think that's very comforting if you're making the decision definitely. To, to consult, to at least start with the yeah. consulting right. part of doing egg or right. embryo adoption. I think that is so comforting. I, when I found out about epigenetics, I was like blown freaking away. I love anything science anyway. So then when I thought about it, I was like, mm-hmm. that makes total freaking sense. And I just never thought about it that way. And that is just, that brings me comfort. And I'm not even, you know, on the path to seeking anything like that. So I hope that you guys feel right. comfortable if you're listening um, and, you're, and you feel more comfortable and you feel more at ease about it. Um, the possibility of that being an option for you. And if there is anything else you want to say to our listener friends today, Monica, um, another tip or two, uh, we can do that now. And then you can also give out your ways of connecting with you, your website, social media and stuff. Sure. Again, I think my, my mantra for today is focus on your egg health. Um, that's one thing you can, you can be in control of. That's how you can take charge of your fertility journey now. And we talked about these three things you can do about your egg health, but check out free PDF, three research back ways you can improve your fertility now. And um, you can find that on my Instagram bio. The link is right there. Monica Friedman coaching, Monica with a K and um, yeah, check it out, read the guide and let me know if you have any questions and you can get in touch with me over Instagram, Monica Friedman coaching, Facebook, um, or my website. Thank you so much, Monica, again, Thank for you. all your wisdom and expertise in the matter of trying to get through this thing called infertility. <laughs> it's so Good luck, days. everyone. So, yes. And then with the holidays coming up, I know it's going to be increasingly difficult. So this is great. And I'm so glad that we got the chance to have you on before those times come so that we can feel more empowered on our journey. And thank you, friends, for listening to Infertility and Me podcast. Peace and blessings. <laughs>